Easter was a different kind of day. Never before in the history of the world did somebody who was dead come back to life never to die again. And because Easter was a different kind of day, you can be different today. Because of what we celebrate this Easter message is all about, that Jesus rose from the dead and approved everything that he said was true. And everything that he claimed to do, he did. And because Jesus rose from the dead, you can be different today. You can have a right relationship with God forever because of what Jesus has done for you. And hey, if anybody can predict their own death and resurrection and actually make it happen, just go with whatever that guy says, because that's impressive. That's very impressive. And so I need your help today. I need all of your help today online. It's good to see you. Welcome. Thanks for joining us today. I need all your help to announce the title of my message. Are you ready? All right, I need your help. I want you to say after me, say, this time is different. This time is different. There you go. Good job. But in order to have a difference, you have to start with a, a normal, a baseline, a regular. And you're at Connect Us Church today, right? You're expecting something fun, something interactive, something experiential to be a part of. And so I got something for you today. It's going to be weird. It's going to be different, but you're going to be a part of it, okay? You're going to hear a sound. You're going to hear a video throughout this message, and every time you hear the sound, every time the video plays behind me, I want you to do something. I want you to stand up. I know you got recliner seats. I want you to stand up. I want you to turn around, and I want you to give somebody a high five, okay? Could somebody demonstrate what I just said? Somebody, 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 stand up, turn around. High five. Perfect. That's awesome. All right. So now is all of your turns to practice. And I know, I know, I know, I know. You're like, I don't want to do that. That's weird. I've told you before, I'm exactly like you. Ain't no pastor telling me what to do. I'm sitting here. I'm not doing anything. That's weird. It's strange. I know. So if you can't do it or if you don't want to do it, that's you and me or you're my people. But if you do do it, I think this message will hit you a little differently today. And so I encourage you to give it a try. Okay, ready? Here you go. Very good, very good. Yes, this message is brought to you by Wegmans. I'm just, I'm just kidding. It's not. It would be cool if it was, but it's not. It's not. Um, that is the Wegmans rooster, and that is my daughter, cock-a-doodle-doodling to the Wegmans rooster. We love shopping there. It's, uh, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. All right. Good job, everybody. Good job, everybody. So, <laughs> we've got our baseline, right? We've got our normal. Every time you hear that sound, every time you see that video, I want you to do exactly that, all right? 
You're like, this is weird. This is different. Where does he get this stuff from? It's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. Can you say, tell your neighbor it's in the Bible? It's in the Bible. All right, turn in your Bible with me to John chapter 18. And if you don't have your Bible, you'll see that the words are on the screen behind me. We also have a lot of Bibles in the lobby. We'd love to send you home with a Bible today. Please take one for free before you leave. They're for you. And so John chapter 18 is where we will be today. And we're going to meet this guy named Peter, Simon Peter. And he followed Jesus, as did another of the disciples. And we don't actually know who this is. It could be John who writes in the third person, but it's probably not. And this other disciple was acquainted with the high priest. So he was allowed to enter the high priest's courtyard with Jesus. And Peter had to stay outside the gate. And then the disciple who knew the high priest, we don't know his name, spoke to the woman watching at the gate, and she let Peter in. And the woman asked Peter, you're not one of this man's, Jesus' disciples, are you? And he said, no. I am not. And because it was cold, the household servants and the guards had made a charcoal fire. That's a very important detail. Remember that charcoal fire? We're going to come back to it. And they stood around it, warming themselves, and Peter stood with them, warming himself. And so, yes, no rooster yet, okay? It's coming. Tell somebody it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. But this is the apostle Peter. This is the great disciple, follower of Jesus. He did some incredible things. He was going to be with Jesus to the very end. And at this moment, at Jesus' life, Jesus is going through this terrible trial. He's going to be killed. And Peter didn't want to be associated with him. He didn't want to be found out. He didn't want to be caught. Maybe he'd put on trial like Jesus was. But it's crazy because Peter was the outspoken leader of the disciples. Like when everyone was wondering, who's Jesus? Who is he? And Peter stands up and he's like, Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus is like, yep, that's right. And then when Jesus was at the Last Supper and he was going to say, you know, some of you are going to betray me. You all going to leave me. Peter stands up and I don't know about everybody else, but I'm certainly not. I'm going to stick with you even if I have to die for you. And Jesus is like, mm-hmm. We'll see about that. And later, when Jesus was getting arrested, the Roman officers came up to arrest Jesus. And Peter is the first one to jump out ahead of Jesus. He's guarding this guy. You're not getting close to him. He whips out his little sword, and he's fighting these Roman officers and cuts the guy's ear off. I mean, I must have missed, but at least he was trying. He was trying to defend and stand up for Jesus. This is Peter, the Apostle Peter, that in this moment, all he has to do is just say yes, the simple truth, that yes, I'm with Jesus, and he doesn't. He rejects him. He chooses his own safety, his own comfort over that. He he is weak, he's afraid, and he does something that he'd never thought that he would do. And if you are like me, we're a lot like Peter. We go to church, we say the prayers, we we make the commitments. I'm going to follow you. Jesus, all I have is yours. Take my life. 
And then the moment comes, and you know the moment, where you have to make a decision. Do you go to the event or not? Do you participate at the party or not? Do you stop at that place on the side of the road or not? Do you send the text message, make the phone call or not? And before we know it, we've done something that we've never thought that we'd do. You know that feeling. I know that feeling. We all know that feeling. And we want to move away from that as fast as possible. And we think it'll get better, and then we have a second chance. We have a second round. Meanwhile, Jesus is going through this crazy trial. Meanwhile, that was happening. Simon Peter was standing around that fire, warming himself. And they asked him again, you're not one of his disciples, are you? And he denied it, saying, no, I'm not. And so we get a second chance, and we blow it again. And maybe we don't just outwardly like say, I'm not a follower of Jesus, I'm not a Christian, and if that's you, you are so welcome here. But maybe it's not with our voices, maybe it's not changing the bio in our social media, like from Christ follower to like one day you just wake up like not Christ follower. Like we don't probably do that. But we deny Jesus every day by our actions. Like we have the opportunity to share Jesus with somebody and we just, we just don't. Or we feel compelled to read our Bible, to spend some time in prayer, to be generous and care for somebody and just pour into their life and we're like, not today. And we pick something that's easier. We choose something that is just better for some reason that we, whatever we convince ourselves, you know. And then one of the household slaves, the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, asked, didn't I see you out there in the olive grove with Jesus? Like, you cut off my relative's ear. I know you did. I saw you do it. (laughs) And Peter said, nah, not me. And immediately a rooster crowed. If you don't have anybody to give a high five, you could give yourself a high five. (laughs) I told you the rooster's coming. I told you. Here he is, right? Here he is. At the third time, Peter denied Jesus. And this account is recorded in all four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And they all give us a little detail here and there. And Mark wrote it from Peter's perspective. And Mark said at the third denial, when the rooster crowed, Peter He was cussing. Peter was using all the words to prove that he wasn't with Jesus. He wanted to make sure nobody knew or nobody associated with him. And I just find it interesting. Doesn't our language change based on the group of people that we want to fit into? You know, you want to fit in with them and you say certain words or you don't say certain words. Or you don't want to appear too churchy and so you'll say something or maybe not say something right our language shifts depending on where you want to be that's what peter's doing and at the sound of the rooster though that rooster 
the charade, the, the games that Peter was playing in his mind to, to portray something that really wasn't true, they disappeared. And Peter remembered exactly what was happening because Jesus predicted that it would happen, that he would deny him three times before the rooster crowed. And Peter, he couldn't believe it. He had promised that he was going to be with Jesus to the very end. And when these little slave girls, servant girls, asked Peter, are you, one of, are you with Jesus? Peter said, no. And Luke tells us the detail at this moment, at the third denial, when the rooster crowed, that Jesus, who wasn't far away, locked eyes with Peter. And just gave him that look. And Peter broke down and wept. And oh, we've all been there. And I'm sorry to take you to that moment right now. Because we would just like to avoid it, right? That moment where we've seen the eyes of God looking at us. And the way we understand it is judgment and the way we interpret the stare of god is you messed up sinner you you said that you were going to follow me you said that you were going to love me and look what you did shame on you you can't do anything right you'll never be good enough you're a failure i don't have to go on rehearsing that because if you're like me, you hear that soundtrack playing in your mind more often than you'd like to admit. And we have those moments. We all have those moments. And thank God the moment doesn't last forever. But that's what the memories are for. And the memories are probably worse. And Peter's moment, he had his moment. And later that day, Jesus would die. He'd be crucified, his body would be laid in the tomb, and Good Friday was over. But where was Peter? Peter was still alive, right? And what comes after Friday? Saturday. And the sun comes up, and what do you hear? Saturday, Saturday comes and goes and nothing happens. There's no glimmer of hope. There's no light at the end of the tunnel. And guess what's coming up next on Sunday? The sun comes up, the rooster crows. <laughs> and yes, Jesus rose from the dead. Wow. But Peter didn't know that. He wasn't there. Wasn't, nobody was there because people don't rise from the dead. No matter how much they say they will, no matter how much they claim to be God, they, nobody believed that Jesus was going to do it. And so Sunday passes, and Monday the sun comes up, and yup, <laughs> that same rooster crows.
new day, same rooster. Same routine, same flashback to the worst moment of your life, the banging on the door, the driving past the building, the seeing the name on something that you have, seeing the car, getting close to the water. We all have our different triggers. We all have our different moments. But I forgot to tell you, on Sunday, when Jesus rose from the dead, he made a special visit to Peter. And we don't know how it went, and maybe it didn't go well. We just know that he visited him, and that's all we know. And later that Sunday night, Jesus appears to his disciples. They're in Jerusalem. They should have been in Galilee. Jesus said, go to Galilee, but they were afraid. They were scared. They were in this locked door. There wasn't anybody going to get in because if they killed my, my Jesus, my leader, they're com coming after us next. So no one's coming in here, and <laughs> Jesus got a sense of humor. He doesn't use the door. He just walks right through the wall. Here I am. And Jesus and Peter and the disciples are in this room. And so Sunday comes and goes. Monday, sun comes up, rooster crows. Tuesday, sun comes up, rooster crows. Wednesday, sun comes up, rooster crows. Thursday, sun comes up, rooster crows. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Monday, Monday, sun comes up, rooster crows. Jesus appears again. He shows up through the wall again. They still haven't gone to Galilee. They're still in Jerusalem. They're still afraid. And this time, Thomas is there with them. He missed out the first time. Now he gets to see him. And finally, they decide to go to Galilee. And so Tuesday, sun comes up, rooster crows. They're on their journey. Wednesday, sun comes up, rooster crows. Thursday, sun comes up, rooster crows. I don't know how long the journey is. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Rooster after rooster after rooster. Reminder after reminder after reminder of failure, of betrayal, of God wants nothing to do with me. And Peter, he did go with all of the disciples to Galilee, probably because Jesus gave him a special visit, and also probably because when Jesus saw the women at the tomb, Jesus said, go tell my disciples to go to Galilee and tell Peter, like specifically Peter, to go too, or else he probably wouldn't have gone. Because what was Peter to Jesus now? A loser? a betrayer, a messed up sinner. He denied even knowing Jesus and did exactly what he said he wasn't going to do. And so what do we do when the rooster constantly reminds us of our greatest failures? What do you do? I think we do anything that would stop us from failing again. Anything we're good at, anything we know that we won't fail. Maybe we just try and put headphones on and say, I don't want to hear that ever again. But this is what Peter does. In John 21, we read, they're in Galilee now. And Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. Peter was a fisherman. Jesus said, come and be my disciple, follow me, be a fisher of men. And in this moment, Peter's like, I'm done with this. This isn't for me anymore. I've messed up too much. I'm going fishing. 
But Peter is a leader. People listen to him. The disciples, they follow his example. And so they said, welcome to. You know, you don't sin in a vacuum. Your choices you make affect the people around you. And they'll follow you. They'll listen to you. They'll do what you do. And that's what happens here. And so they went out in this boat. And they caught nothing all night. And God has a sense of humor, doesn't he? He loves you too much just to let you run away. He's coming after you. He's going to stop the fish from biting. He's going to stop the fish from swimming into the net just to get your attention. And if you feel like life is confusing, like it's, you're always coming up empty, like you don't ever have enough, it doesn't always work out, it's just, it just doesn't seem to be working, God is trying to get your attention. So listen, pay attention. And Jesus says, at dawn, he's standing on the beach, and the disciples couldn't see who he was, and he called out, fellows, which literally translated as little boys, little boys, have you caught any fish? No, they replied. <laughs> I could just see Jesus standing on the shore, just smiling, like, of course not. And so he said, throw out your net on the right side of the boat. Then you'll get some. <laughs> and so they did. And they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it. And you're like, I've heard this story before. Yeah. Remember when Jesus called Peter to be his disciple? The exact same scene. Jesus recreates the exact moment where he called Peter to be his disciple to tell Peter the relationship is still open. There's still an opportunity for you to be with me. Absolutely. And the disciple Jesus loved, that's John writing in the third person, said to Peter, it's the Lord. John's like, dude, Peter, like, do you understand what's happening right now? Like, this is, this is amazing. He's, he's doing this exact same thing that happened earlier, like a couple years ago. Like, this is your time. This is amazing. And Peter's like, no way. After what I did, are you serious? He wants nothing to do with me. And John, I just see John's like, yes, yes, Peter, this is your moment. This is your time. This is for you, man. This is for you. And when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he, he put on his tunic, for he had stripped for work and jumped into the water and headed to shore. My man put on his clothes to get in the water. He like flopped in. He's just like, he's a mess right now. He's like, oh, Jesus, I'm coming to you. You know, it's crazy. It's not, it's like, it's not perfect. And you don't have to come to God perfect either. You just just jump in. Whatever you got, just, just get in the water and, and get to him and stop running away. Stop going away. Just get in the water, whatever it takes, and get to Jesus. And the others, 
They stayed in the boat and pulled the loaded net to shore for they were only about 100 yards from shore. John's like throwing his two cents in. He's like, Peter, this was his time, but it was weird. Like, whatever, he got in the water and like we were so close. We were like rowed like a couple times and we were there like, whatever, dude, whatever. And when we got there, they found breakfast waiting for them. Fish cooking over a what kind of fire? And some bread. So not only did Jesus recreate the moment where he called Peter and said the relationship is still available to you, Jesus recreates the moment of Peter's denial and said, I've done everything to take care of this. Let's deal with this. The charcoal fire. That word is only used two times in the New Testament. And John uses it here twice. The fire where Peter denied Jesus and the fire that Jesus made to make Peter breakfast. And Peter, or Jesus is sitting across from Peter and he's like, look, I don't need your fish. I already got my fish. I just want you. I just want you. Let's have breakfast. And so maybe the God stare down that you've been seeing in your head every time the rooster crows isn't the stare of shame, but of grace and relationship. Every morning, you hear that rooster, you remember that moment. You see the face of Jesus looking at you and you feel so horrible, so ugly, so little, And really, it's Jesus looking into your soul, saying, hey, come here. I made you breakfast. It's a look of grace, of love, of healing, and of restoration. And over breakfast, Jesus does what he always comes to do. And he's coming for you today. Over breakfast, he asks Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Now, we don't know exactly what these are. Could have been the other disciples. Could have been the fish or the fishing, whatever Jesus is pointing at. Do you love me more than these? Do you love me? And Peter said, yes, Lord. You know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. And Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know I love you. Then take care of my sheep. And a third time, he asked them, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. And he said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, then feed my sheep. Three denials of Jesus from Peter. Three opportunities for Peter to reaffirm his love for Jesus. No, 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 don't. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. You don't have to do it. You don't have to do it. 
You don't have to respond that way anymore. Every time the rooster crows doesn't have to bring you back to that moment. Every new day doesn't have to be a reminder of your greatest failure. Jesus recreates the moment of connection to tell Peter the relationship is still available to you. Jesus recreates the moment of denial to say, I've done everything possible to deal with this. Now let's just deal with it. And so he's, Jesus says, take your eyes off of your sin, off of your shame, and onto who I'm calling you to be. Jesus doesn't point backwards in shame. He points forward in healing. He looks at Peter and says, you are my disciple. You are my chosen one. I have a great plan and a great purpose, a great mission for your life. Look out. You see all those people? They're like sheep. And sheep are dumb. Sheep can't live a day in their life by themselves. And there's so many people out there that don't know how to live for God. They fail God every day and they don't know what to do. And Peter, you do. You do. So tell them. Share it. Tell them that God loves them. Tell them that I'm for them. Tell them that the relationship is still available. Peter, you know how to do this. Tell them. Tell them, Peter. And the second time, there's something inside of you like, should I have done that? Should I, did he want me to do that? Right? But no, now you, you've like replaced it. You're like raising your hand like, thank you, God. I don't have to do that anymore. Right? And maybe you're thinking about the restoration just as much as you are about the denial. Maybe when that rooster crows, you're thinking about the breakfast fire just as much as you are about the denial fire. Like Jesus comes to meet us in our greatest failures, in our greatest weaknesses, and he offers us the opportunity to be forgiven. The relationship is still possible. I've told you before, one of the biggest moments in my life that God used to help me to figure out what I believe and get me on track to doing what I'm doing today is in high school, I dated a girl who was a Mormon. I was a believer, but you know, I was learning about all this stuff, and God just used this. And so my junior and senior year in high school were like some of the hardest times for me. They were also amazing. Like, I had a great high school career, and, and, but it was, it was hard, and God was certainly at work in my life. And uh, so my freshman year of college, I met uh, Alicia, who's now my wife. And uh, <laughs> yes, give it up for Alicia. And uh, so my dating story is so strange. It's so weird. But when we got in the car to drive to Delaware, that's where I grew up, for the first time, like I, she's like sleeping in the car, and I woke her up. I'm like, wake up. I'm like, look at this like strip mall over here. Like, look at that. She's like, why are you showing me that? I'm like, I don't know. It's just like that's what I'm used to. That's my like this is where I grew up. This this is like what I drove past, you know? She's like, you are so weird. I said, I know. And I took her, I took her to my high school. And I like walked up to my football field, and that, you know, I was a big football player and and there's a gravel track, like not even a cinder track. It was like gravel. Our high school was in the bad. It was bad. It was just real bad. And I took her up to the, to the football field, and, and I'm like, look at the track. And she's like, you are weird. 
And I, this is where our football team hung out and like for two days. And we, you know, this is where we, and we walked some of the hallways in the school. And, and as we were doing that, the rooster was crowing. The memories of all of that was just, it was so much. It was just, you know. But at the third rooster, the third time, you don't even think about it. You don't even, there's nothing, your heart is still. And you just like, it didn't even phase me to be at the school with my future wife. It was all a part of the healing process, of the restoration process, of God doing his redeeming work in my life. And there is nothing that will stop God from pursuing you. He wants a relationship with you. And you're like, this sounds too good to be true. You don't know what I've done. I've done some pretty bad things. And you're right, I, I, don't, I don't know what you've done. And it is so good, and it is so true. Because it wasn't like God just like magic words or whatever, like, whatever, it's fine. Whatever you did, it's fine. I love you. Forget about it. No. Jesus died for you. He paid the penalty for your sin so that you wouldn't have to. He did everything possible to give you an opportunity to have a relationship with God. He rose again to give you life, and he's calling you today to come to him. Put your clothes on and flop in the water and just swim to him. Whatever you got to do to get to Jesus, because Jesus is calling for you. He's saying, come to me, come to me, and whatever you can do, let's just get in and follow him. And you can be different today because of what Jesus has done for you. You can have a right relationship with God today because of what Jesus has done for you. So if this message was for you today, would you just shoot your hand up in the air and say, yeah, that was for me, God, I needed that. God, we thank you that we come to this place today and we realize just how incredible your love is. Oh God, we've failed you so many times, over and over and over again. And for some crazy reason, you love us. No matter what we've done, no matter how many times we've denied even knowing you, no matter how many times we've failed you, you love us. And you demonstrated your love for us by dying on the cross, paying the penalty for our sin, and rising again to give us life. Lord Jesus, this Easter, I pray that we would worship you that we would live our lives for you, and may we know, like know in the depths of our soul, that we are forgiven, that we are made new because of what you do, Jesus, inside our life, inside our mind, inside of our heart, as you restore us, as you renew us, as you save us. Lord Jesus, may we live our life for you. We worship you this Easter day. In Jesus' name, amen.